Awesome. Well, guys, it's good to see you guys tonight. And we are in week number three tonight of a series called One Matters. And tonight, what I want to talk about is One Life Matters. Now, if you've been with us the last two weeks, or if you were here week one and not last week, or if you haven't been here yet in August, we've been in this series. And what this series is about is it is about what is our student ministry about? Uh, about? What is M12 about? What do we want you to understand about what we're here to do? And so we've talked about one kindness matters, and that's kind of where the shoe drive comes in. And so in two weeks, bring your shoes. And then last week we talked about one, uh, one kindness matters, and then one leader matters, right? And so we talked about how all of you are leaders, and God wants to use you. You are the one that God wants to use in your school, in your home, right here at M12 in church. And tonight is all about one life matters. And here's the whole, the whole deal, the umbrella statement over everything with this series is the fact that everyone matters to God. That you matter to God, that I matter to God, everyone matters to God. You matter to God. And your friends matter to God. The people that are not here, that you want to be here, that hopefully will come next week, they matter to God. And so here's a question that I want to ask you guys as we launch into tonight. Here's the question. How many of you, just a show of hands, it's not a conversation question. It's just a show of hands. How many of you have ever lost something that really mattered to you? You've ever lost something that really mattered? All right? Now... A lot of us are raising hands. Here's the thing. Don't lose this because I'm not talking about, like, homework. I'm not talking about a pen or a pencil or, like, even a sock. Anybody ever lose socks? Yeah, me too. All right? So, but I'm talking about something that really, really matters that, like, if you lose it, like, your world is over. Like, something like this, your phone. Has anybody ever lost their phone? Yeah, and here's the thing. Listen, listen, listen. Check it out. The thing about losing your phone, right, is that, man, you get, you, you get anxiety comes and sweat beads come. And some of you guys even would tear up if you lost your phone because this is like your life. I mean, everything is here, Snapchat and Twitter and Instagram, right? And so we would panic. We would go crazy, start trying to trace our steps if we lost our phone. There's actually Snapchats and Vines and BuzzFeed articles about what even would happen when somebody would lose their phone. I've got a couple videos. Literally one is just five seconds, but I want you to watch this kid. He loses his phone. Watch what happens. All right, how many of you guys would react like that? You lose your phone. You lose your life, right? Listen, because it matters. It matters to you. I remember when I was, I was uh, in Memphis, Tennessee for a couple of weeks visiting a buddy of mine, and we went to a movie, and um, we went to a movie, and this particular day I had on like the, like the windsuit pants that are real comfortable and stretch and all this kind of stuff, and uh, my phone was in my pocket, right? And so we're coming out of the movie theater, and I just didn't think to check it. And uh, we get out, we get into the car, and I was reaching in my pocket to make a phone call, and my phone wasn't there. And so, of course, man, I began to panic. Like, I began to trace steps. I began to think, like, well, did I bring my phone in the theater, or could it be still at your house? And it, it's like, dude, it's my phone. There's no way I was going to leave it at somebody's house, right? You guys with me on that? 
Yeah, so you guys would not leave your phone anywhere. You have to have your phone wherever you go. And so I'm trying to, like, retrace my steps and think about, okay, man, maybe I got an, you know, when I got an IC, I put it down and somebody could have stolen it. And here's the problem with my phone is that in the case, it has my debit card. And so I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I got to, like, cancel my debit card. I got to call the bank. I got to do all this stuff because literally, like, a lot of stuff here, you know. And, and so I was panicking. I was going crazy. So what did we do? We waited. We waited. Actually, no, first we went back into the movie theater. And here's what was the awkward part is that right in the same two seats. I mean, this is so ridiculous. But the theater was just about empty. But the same two seats that me and a buddy sat in, a man and his wife were sitting in there, right? And so it's awkward. The movie's going on, and it's like, man, you don't want to interrupt the movie, right? But, of course, we had flashlights, and we're, like, on the floor, like, you know, and, and this is a movie theater floor, which is not very sanitary. You know what I'm saying? Pretty sure I, like, put my hand in some gum. But we're, like, just going under trying to find the phone and nothing. I mean, we can't find it anywhere. And so, man, I'm going crazy, so what did we do? We waited for the movie to end, and then we went into the movie theater. We looked around, and literally, man, we cannot find this phone anywhere. And yes, I know what you're thinking. Did you try to call it? Yes, we did. It was dead, right? So that was the problem. We couldn't trace it. We couldn't do anything with it because it was dead. And literally what happened is it was literally stuck in between two seats, lodged in between two seats, and I found my phone. It was the greatest thing ever, right? And you guys, you guys would probably go pretty crazy, right, if you lost your phone, just like the guys on the uh, commercial and, and all that good stuff. Because, see, when you lose something that matters, you'll do anything to get it back. When you lose something that matters, you will do anything you have to do to get it back. If it really matters to you, you will do anything to get it back. So here's the question, a second question tonight. What if... What is lost is a person. What if what is lost is a person, a human life, an individual? What would happen? And see, Jesus actually spoke to this very thing. He spoke to this very thing in one of the most famous parts of Scripture, Luke chapter 15. If you have a Bible, I invite you to turn it there, page number 1047. If you don't have a Bible, that's no problem. The verses will come up on the screen for you. And, and here's the thing. The emotion that Jesus is tapping into in these stories, right, is what would happen if a person was lost, physically, spiritually lost. And then Jesus launches into three stories. We're only going to talk about one, and then next week we're going to talk about Another one, and here's what it says, beginning in verse number one of chapter 15. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around to hear Jesus. So let's stop there. First off, what you have to understand is that the people who were not like Jesus really liked Jesus. They hung out with him. They wanted to hear what he had to say. They wanted to be around him. There was something different, if you will, right, about Jesus, the way he would treat them, the way he would talk to them, the fact that he would acknowledge they were there. And when the Bible says sinners and tax collectors, these are the people that don't do anything right. These are the people that party on the weekend. 
These are the people that have a bad, you know, a Snapchat that no one that they shouldn't post things on their Snapchat like that, right? These are the people that no one wanted to be around the outcasts, the people that everybody pointed fingers and looked down on them and said, Man, I can't believe she did that, or I can't believe he said that. These were the very people, and these people were the ones, get this, that wanted and that were hanging out with Jesus. People nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. And then it says this, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. So the Pharisees were the good people, the good people in the day that just tried to live their life to do everything right so that everyone would think they were perfect, which they were far from that, but they wanted people to think that. And they show up on the scene and they're just pointing fingers at Jesus. And they're like, man, I can't believe that Jesus is hanging out with these people. Does he not know who they are? Does he not know what they've been doing? Does he not know like who they hang out with and what they do on the weekends? They were saying those kinds of things, and then Jesus kind of stops them. He sees this tension, and as often as he did, he tells this story. This is the story I want to talk about tonight. It says, Jesus told him a parable, a story. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? In other words, when you lose your phone, you'll go anywhere and everywhere to find your phone because it matters, and you will do whatever it takes to get there. And when he finds it, picking it up in verse 5, when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and he goes home. Then he calls his friends And his neighbors, and he says, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep. If I could explain to you the relief that I felt when I saw my phone in between those two seats, I just felt like, okay, everything in the world is going to be okay. Because it really mattered. And yes, it's a lame example, but it's just true. And you guys would be there right there with me if you lost your phone. Then he says this I tell you, In the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So the Pharisees are pointing fingers at Jesus. Jesus tells a story, and he says, How many of you, if you've got 100 sheep and one goes away, would leave the 99 and go and get the one? See, that was who Jesus was. He would go after the one. He would leave the 99. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. Calls his friends, neighbors, throws a party, rejoice, because I have found the one lost sheep. And then he connects this to a person. He says, there will be rejoicing in heaven over one person. One lost sinner than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. See, the moral of this story, right, is that God freaks out over lost people the way we freak out over our lost phone. That's who God is. That's what he does. He pursues you, and he pursues you, and he chases you, and he chases you because he cares a lot about you. He cares so deeply about lost people, they matter to him. And here's why, because he wants them to be 
found. So what I want to I want to talk a second about lost people. What is a lost person? Now I'm not talking about someone who's got the wrong directions on their GPS. Okay, not talking about someone who's lost in an airport. Although that would be awful, being lost in an airport. What I'm talking about when I say a lost person is this. When Jesus said lost, he meant it was someone who was far from God. Someone who was far from God. Someone who didn't have a relationship with God. People who don't think God matters or that don't think that they matter to God. Or that God exists or that God loves them or that God cares for them. Those are people who are considered lost. And you might, you probably do have friends that are that way, that don't care about God, that don't think God cares about them. Maybe some of you in this room tonight, maybe you would say, that's kind of how, that's kind of me. I don't really know that I care about God a whole lot, because I really don't think he really cares much about me. And see, this parable illustrates he does care for you. God freaks out over Lost people the way we would freak out over a lost phone. So here's a bottom line if you're taking notes that I want you to write this down. No one is ever far too gone. No one is ever far too gone. It doesn't matter how far they are from God. It doesn't matter how much they like or don't like church how many things that they have done that the world would label as bad or wrong or not good. Those things, they do not matter when it comes to the love of God, when it comes to God pursuing and chasing after a lost person. Understand, students, every lost person, God's desire is that they would be found, that they would be saved, See, no matter how lost the sheep was, it didn't get into like where he was or how long the shepherd had to look for him. It didn't matter because no matter how lost the sheep was, the shepherd would still go after the sheep. And in the story, we are the sheep and God is the shepherd. And God left the 99 to go after the one. It's a really, really powerful story. No one is ever far too gone. And we are a church that goes after the one. That's in your notes. We are a church that goes after the one. Go after the one. There are people in your life that you know are lost, and they need to know Jesus. They need to be found. And maybe you used to be that one. I mean, maybe some of you right here in this room, you made a decision to be found in Christ, to believe in Jesus. And then Jesus radically changed your life. And you come back to M12 every single week. Or maybe for some of you, you're not there yet. We're glad you're here. This is the best place for you to be on a Wednesday night. But see, no matter how far gone you've ever been or you are from God now or you've found yourself, you can still be found. No one is ever far too gone. And I thought it would be a really cool opportunity for you guys to hear someone's story who's one of our own volunteer leaders, who this is his story. So you guys give give, uh, Jonathan a hand. He's going to come up on stage. 
And I got a seat just for you, my friend. So this is Jonathan, and uh, I asked him literally on Monday night to uh, come and share a few things with, uh, with you guys. And so I just wanted to, you, you to kind of get to know his story a little bit. So, uh, Jonathan, tell, me, tell us what school you go to, what grade you're in. I, can you guys hear me? Okay. I go to Mountain View High School. <laughs> uh, this year I'm in 11th grade, and yeah. Cool. 11th grade, Mountain View. And uh, tell us one of your favorite movies. I like all the movies. I like except for those. those one of your books. favorite movies. One. Uh, yeah. Star Wars. Star Wars. Anybody? <laughs> all right. How about um, tell us your favorite flavor of ice cream? Cookies and cream. Cookies and cream. Yeah, it's a good flavor. It's a good flavor. All right. Well, hey, here's the thing. I did not ask Jonathan to come up and talk about food or movies, um, but I wanted to give him an opportunity tonight to share his story with you. And so here's the question, Jonathan. I want you to tell us why is an event like the Back to School Bash such an important event in your life? Well, for me, um, I was invited to Back to School Bash in my eighth grade year. This is three years ago. So um, at that point in my life, I was sort of just absent with God. I felt, you know, unloved, unvalued, really, uh, with all my friends pushing me away and being rejected uh, with my family as well. And so uh, back to school bash, uh, 2013, I believe, 14, I can't remember. Um, but um, one of my friends uh, took the time to just, like, you know, pull me out of lunch and just talk with me and just to tell me about, you know, like just to hang out with me, really, because I was kind of lonely that day. Uh, and so um, he started inviting me to a 12-stone church, which I have never heard about. And so uh, tell me about this huge party uh, that's going to be going down. And um, yeah, after he invited me, I, I was, you know, the fact that I was invited to something made me feel so much more special. So obviously, like, you know, I came. Uh, I had tons of fun. I got to hear this amazing message. And Stephen was preaching. Shout out to Stephen. Um, and so uh, <laughs> where this is where, like, I just, I got down to, like, this point in my life where I was so desperate for love and so desperate for value, and I just didn't know where else to go. And so at that moment, God just sort of sent the Holy Spirit down for me. And in this moment where I was just one with God, I couldn't really sense anything around me. I just felt like at one with Jesus Christ himself. And so at that moment, at that point in time, I I just gave my life to Christ. It was amazing. Amen. It really was. Here's a, um, here's a last question, because obviously it doesn't end there, students. And I want you to hear this. Tell us how making that decision at the Back to School Bash, how has that affected you to now? Yeah, it, dude, past three years, God has been working so well in my life. Uh, ever since that moment, where I changed my life, where Christ changed my life, really, um, I've been gradually just getting more friends. I've been just being, people have been, been starting to get nice to me, and I've been uh, making more friends, and uh, that was eighth grade year. And then freshman year, I was invited to start life groups, which got me deeper into the Word, got me deeper into this relationship with God. And so now I'm loving Christ, I'm loving people, and now uh, sophomore year, this is where I had the opportunity to step up in leadership. This past year, I've been working with M12, all you people. Shout out to my small group right here. 
where uh, God has given this opportunity for me to help out these sixth graders at that time. Now they're seventh grade, where um, God has just been giving, like, opening doors for me and just telling me to step up and take leadership, and it's been great. It really has been. From one invitation, one. Let's give it up for Jonathan. Hey, listen, so I want to, here's what I wanted you to hear. If you haven't heard anything else, I want you to hear this. First thing I want you to hear about Jonathan's story is that someone invited him. Someone invited him to come to the Back to School Bash, and that's where everything changed. I want you to get that because there is so much, students, think about this, there is so much power in an invitation. And sometimes we, we, we shy away because we don't feel like they're going to say yes. And I'm sure the friend that invited him, maybe he had that fear. Maybe he was like, man, I don't know if he's going to come or not, but I'm just going to invite him anyway. And I want you to think about that because if that person had not reached out to Jonathan and had not invited him to come to the Back to School Bash, maybe, maybe Jonathan's life would never have been any different. But someone invited him to come. There is power, students, in an invitation. A lot of power in an invitation. Think about it like this. And I know this is, this is an intense statement, but I'm going to say it anyway. Think about this. If you had the cure for cancer, if you had the cure for something like AIDS, would you not want to share that with everybody that you knew? You would not want to keep something like that to yourself. You would want to share that. You would want to tell people about it. And here's the thing. Because of you, if you know Christ, you know Jesus, you have the cure for eternity. You have something that eternally allows you to be with God forever. And to not be eternally separated from him and go to this place called hell, you have the truth of what changes that in your life and in others' lives. And when you choose, I know this is weighty, when you choose not to invite, that's like you saying you don't care where they go. And I want you to feel the weight of that. Because there's so much power in an invitation. Someone had to invite Jonathan to come to the back-to-school bash. And then, here's what happens. God controls the results. You and I don't have the power to save another person, but God does. God controls all life change. And here's the thing. I want you to imagine in your mind and your heart for just a second. What if you invited someone to come with you to the back-to-school bash? And what if in that room next Wednesday night, at the time to respond in the invitation to say, yes, I want to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want him to change my life. I want to come home to Jesus. And that person's life changed for the rest of their life. And here's the cool part. The beautiful part of the story of the gospel is that God uses us to reach others. 
God wants to use you. You're the one that he wants to use. And so here's how we respond to this. Number one, go after the one. Who's the one person that you can think of right now? Maybe you've met them in school already. You've been in school for three weeks. Maybe it's someone on your team, your cheerleading team, your football team, your baseball team. Maybe it's someone that, I don't know, that you meet at the grocery store. I mean, who's the one? Who is the one that God would say, hey, I want you to go after that one person? And here's the last thing is this. On your outline, it says blank matters. Who's the person? What is the name of the person who matters? Who, listen, 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 listen. That God might want to use you to invite them to come next Wednesday night. And maybe their world will change for the rest of their life. Can you imagine how cool that would be if you're standing or you're sitting in that room next week and the person to your right or the person to your left who you invited with you, they stand to say yes to Jesus? It would be a powerful, powerful thing. And I want to encourage all of you tonight to think about who that one person is. Who is it that you need to reach out to? Who is it that you need to invite? And it doesn't matter who they are or what they've done or what you've heard about them or what you've seen about them on their social media. None of that matters to God because God cares about lost people. So here's how we're going to end tonight is we want to encourage you to do two things. Uh, you see around the room, and I know this is going to be a challenge because there's a lot of you in the room. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this uh, in a little bit of an order. And that order is going to be simple. We're going to start with this first section right here because obviously you are closest to where you need to go. And what we want you to do is very, very simple. Maybe you've written a name down on your outline, and we want to know the name of that person. We want to pray with you for those people. We want to pray for God to give you courage to invite that one person that you know and that I know really matter to God. And so here's what's going to happen is there is a station right here, or if you have an outline, I would just encourage you to use your outline. And what we want you to do is as the band comes up or as John comes up, he's going to play a song over us tonight. And here's the most important part of tonight. Over the next few minutes, this is what we want to invite you to do. We want you to write down the name of someone. Maybe it's more than one person. Maybe it's just one person. And this is what we invite you to do. When you are done writing down that name, as John plays, we're going to start with this first section first. And what you're going to do is you're going to get up. If you don't have an outline, you can go to this table here. You can write it on the note card. Then you're going to walk over to this white cross. The white cross where all of these thumbprints represent life change. Maybe some of you, your life changed last year at the Back to School Bash. And that's what we're talking about. So what we want you to do is we want you to submit that name into the basket. Use your bulletin. Write it down. Submit the name into the basket. And then at the bottom are invite cards. And when you take this invite card, this is an invite card to come to the bash. And this is your way of, of just, you take a card, and it's a commitment that you're going to give this card to that name that's on that 
index card or on your bulletin tear off. You're going to give an invite card and invite them to come to the Back to School Bash next week.